believe she had cancer and God healed her. I believe that she was healed. I believe that she was healed. And you know what? The rest of the world would have you try and, and, and make some sort of things up and say, well, this is what happened and, and, you know, and this is how it went. Well, it's not like it was one doctor's opinion. It was six. And church, this is what we need to learn. This is what we need to understand, that we walk by faith and not by sight. And while you may receive a negative report from the world, we don't believe these reports. That our reports that we believe come from the Lord. So I challenge you in those moments to believe the Lord's report. It's just, praise the Lord. It's a miracle, church. You can't, like, there's no way around it. It's a miracle. So I just, I pray that you would tuck that in. That would encourage you this morning and realize God is still at work. The Spirit of God is still at work. There are those who believe, even as Christians, they don't believe that miracles happen today. Well, they are wrong. They are wrong, and they are missing out. <laughs> they are missing out on some of God's goodness. Woo! Okay. Ah, moving on. Um, such, a good, such a good morning to be together. Um, I was thinking about uh, this week and what God wanted me to share this weekend. And um, I remember when I was younger and well, how cool I thought it would be if I could be a spy. Right? Come on. Like, when you're a kid and you're a boy, like, I, I don't know what it is for girls because I don't know, but <laughs> I wanted to be a spy. And you know the, the toys that you could get, the spy toys? You know, the toys when I was younger, they weren't as sophisticated as toys these days. But back then, there were, there were, there were cool spy toys. Okay? To the point when, I, I remember they used to sell, they used to sell, uh, uh, a marker that you, you could write with, but it, it didn't write anything unless it was, it was like glow-in-the-dark ink, or you had to use like a black light to see the ink, and so it was like secret, right? It was hidden messages that I wrote down, and you could write messages to your friends. That's what they would try and pass it off in school. You'd write messages to your friends in school, and the teacher would look at the note and be like, blank piece of paper. But then they would have like a secret decoder ring, that they could look and they could be like, oh, Johnny likes me. <laughs> and so they'd have this, these secret codes and these secret masks, and, and they still have it today. I've got this, uh, you can get this today, you can order it, you can order it online. Um, if you wanted a Power Rangers secret decoder mask. That apparently on ABC Kids in the morning, you can wear your Power Ranger mask and decode secret messages. I know this was a sermon illustration, but part of me wants the mask. I just, I, because there's a part of me that when I was a kid, I wanted to be a spy. I wanted to see the secret messages because there's hidden, there's just like, well, how come they get to see and I don't get to see? Well, I better get the, the glasses. I better get the ring. I want to see what is secret. I want to see what is hidden. And there's secret messages. It's a lot harder, it's a lot harder now to, to hide things because of, because of computers, but there are secret messages all around us, secret messages that, that we don't realize are even coming through. 
You know, it starts to get a little bit scary uh, on Facebook when you go on your Facebook and you, and you look on the side walls, the advertisements, and you're just like, wasn't I searching for that last week? And how did it show up on my Facebook? Computers. Because they're recording what you're searching and advertising to you based on what you've searched. You're just like, well, they're not allowed to, t- well, how did they, well, there's, there's some secret code in there. There's some, some, some sort of computer code that is allowing them to see in your search history. And you're just like, whoa, I'm not sure I'm going to do that anymore. But listen, I'm telling you, there are secret messages infiltrating each of our lives. Every time you walk into the mall, you don't know that your brain is processing all the ads that are happening in the mall, but it's happening. You don't know that every time you go onto your computer and you go shopping online that there are, there are things that are being filtered into your subconscious that you don't even realize are there. Secret hidden messages trying to convince you to buy their stuff. The world's always trying to sell us something. They're always trying to sell us something, whether it's a product or whether it's, whether they're trying to convince us to believe something. That's just not true. Church, this week has been havoc. This week has been havoc online. If you've been on Facebook this week, if you've seen what's happened in the news this week, there's been havoc. This new sex education curriculum that is being filtered into our elementary schools has created such an uproar, created such a, a stir within the Christian community, created such a stir in Ontario that, yes, we're concerned. What is going on? What sort of messages are trying to be passed to our children. And church, I could not, I could, with the life of me, I could not ignore what is going on. I cannot sit idly by and and keep silent. We can't. Because there's hidden messages trying to be filtered. And, and the worst of all, it's, it's trying to go to our kids who don't know any better. And you and I both know that there are certain things that you learn as kids that you just think are true because you learned it when you were a kid. And we can't sit, we can't sit by and just say, oh, it'll be okay. Trying to convince us that something is not true. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4 this morning. We've been talking about the promises of God. We've been singing about the promises of God this morning. I want you to know that today's message is all about the promise that we will overcome. Church, this morning the promise of God is that we will overcome the world. We will overcome the world. That the light is always stronger than the darkness. The light will always be stronger than the darkness. Darkness cannot dispel the light. It is impossible. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God Every spirit that that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is even now already in the world. 
You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and and therefore they speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them. But we are from God. And whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we just thank you so much that we have a clear directive from your word to realize what is from you and what is not from you and to help us to test those things so that we don't have to be in living in a time of uncertainty. We don't have to be scared of, of what is what and who is who. God, you show us how to do this. So God, we thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you for your truth this morning. God, I pray that you would show us Jesus this morning. Holy Spirit of God, that you would bring us closer to you. And that we would recognize that we are overcomers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Test the spirits. Test the spirits. There's a message in our, there's a message in our school system, our education system in Ontario... And one of the greatest, greatest questions of our time, of our decade, of our, of our generation, is the, the, the understanding of people who have decided that to, to live a homosexual lifestyle. I'm not here to bring condemnation. I'm not here to bring judgment. I'm not here to do that. I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm trying to share God's word with you. That is my heart. Because I believe that all truth brings life. All truth, God's truth brings life. And that's the hope this morning, is that this truth would bring life. And that reality, the content of of some of what's going into the sexual education curriculum, there are elements of health, but there are elements of opinion. There are elements of opinion that are filtered in to what's being taught to our kids. What's going to be taught to our kids at grade 1, grade 3, grade 4, grade 6, grade 7, grade 8, through our elementary school system. Elements that would try and convince us that living a homosexual lifestyle is something that's completely natural and acceptable. And that that is, it is a normal thing for people to do. That in fact their identity and who they are is based on what they think, is based on who they've decided to be. And church, I'm here to tell you that your identity is found in Christ. Your identity is found in the creator God and that God didn't make a mistake when he made us. If he wanted us to be women, we would be women. If he wanted us to be men, we would be men. I believe it with my whole heart. And so we need to be careful about these messages coming through to our children, to this next generation. We need to be careful. We need to make sure that we know what is true and what is not true. What is is real and what is not real. And so we need to test the spirits. So here's what I'm saying. We're, We're here to test the spirits. And notice that I say spirits. Notice that I say it's not it's not flesh and blood that we're testing. 
Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to take a stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authority, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Church, our battle is not against flesh and blood. I'm telling you right now, church, if you start getting angry at political parties, you've missed it. You're wrong. If you start getting mad at political figures because of what you believe, then you've made a mistake. You are not in the will of God because our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It is against spirit and principalities. So whatever, whatever frustration you're harboring, make sure that you're harboring that frustration towards Satan because he is the one who is at work. The people that are involved... Honestly, church, honestly, they don't know what they're doing, okay? They don't know what they're doing. They are looking for love. They are looking for acceptance. They are looking for peace. That is what they are looking for. So listen, I am here to stand here before you to to let you know that we don't battle against flesh and blood. So the moment you start getting angry with flesh and blood is the moment you've crossed the line into you being wrong. Because that's going to harbor bitterness, that's going to harbor hate and anger. And church, that's not a God. That's not of him. Not easy to talk about this, is it? Because it hits close to us. Because it's about our children. But we also have to be a good example to our children. Right? We have to give them life. We have to give them truth. We can't give them anger. We can't give them hate. We can't give them frustration. And Because the, once they get older, they're going to see that this is how you deal with people that you disagree with. This is how you deal with people who may not have the same morality as you. That you hate them. That you're frustrated with them. That you speak poorly of them. That you, that you, you say all sorts of slanderous remarks about them. No, it can't be this. That can't be our response, church. I understand that you're angry. I understand that you're frustrated because I am angry and frustrated too. I've been angry and frustrated all week long. Every time I turn on the computer, I am face to face with the reality that there are going to be children growing up believing the wrong thing that's going to bring destruction and not life. That makes me mad. But it makes me mad at Satan. It makes me mad at the devil. Because he is the one who is inspiring all of this to happen. He is the one who's trying to separate us from the truth. So church, we need to remember that. Okay? We need to understand what's going on here. It is the spirit of the Antichrist coming up against the spirit of Christ. And unless we know what our adversary is, then our, then our emotions will be misguided. If we think that we're fighting against flesh and blood, then we have the wrong strategy to overcome. We have the wrong strategy to overcome. If I'm playing hockey against another hockey team, sitting a bit close to home, if I'm playing hockey and I'm playing against another hockey team, it's, it's my team's job. In order to win the game, you've got to beat the other players on the ice. 
But to win the hockey game, it doesn't do you any good to rip the other coach. It doesn't do you any good. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. You know why? Because you're, you're, you're fighting the wrong enemy. You're fighting the wrong person. You're not going to win unless you know who your enemy is. It's flawed strategy, right? <laughs> if you're fighting the wrong enemy, then you're not, that's not the battle you're going to win. So church, we need to understand that the way to combat Satan is, is to pray, is to believe, is to be people of light, is to be people in our, in our society, be people in our community who stand up and say, this is what I believe, this is the message of Jesus, this is the message of hope. But it's not against flesh and blood. We all need to check our hearts. That if we're going to overcome, this is, it, we have to overcome through God's ways and not ours. Because our earthly lives, we, we would think to ourselves, well, what do I need to do? I need to, I need to go and I need to grab a sign. I need to, I need to go and, and, and do this. And we need to write horrible things about politicians and, and stand in lines and say, this is, this is wrong and this person's a jerk and I hate them. That's, now, that's what the rest of the world would do. doesn't mean we don't sign petitions. It doesn't mean we don't stand up for our faith. I'm not saying we don't do that. Realizing who our enemy is, okay? Test the spirits. Test the spirits. The second part of the verse, which is awesome. We've been singing about it all morning. You, dear children, are from God, and you have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. John chapter 16, verse 33 says this, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. And you know what? In this world, you're going to have trouble. But I've overcome the world. That's what Jesus says. I've overcome the world. You know what? Life is full of trouble, isn't it? Right? I'm not, you know, I don't want the trouble. <laughs> like, I'm trying to avoid it. You know, if I can, if I can drive down the road, I'm not deliberately going into the pothole. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not deliberately going into, into places that are going to destroy me. Like, that's not, my, that's not my plan. But there are moments that I have no choice. There are moments that life just guides me there. In this life, there'll be trouble. But praise the Lord, Jesus has overcome the world. Church, you've got to understand that the message of the gospel is more powerful than any other message in the world. Right? So whatever other message is trying to convince our children of their identity, the message of Jesus Christ can absolutely overpower and overcome that message. Because it's the most powerful message and most transforming word that will, people will ever come and, and encounter in their lives. So whatever message is coming across to the people of our generation, to the children of our generation, whatever message that is that is not of Christ, the message of Christ is more powerful and more potent and more life-changing than any other message. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That means that our message is right. It means that God's word is true. Now we don't have to be afraid. Thinking, oh, well, they're going to be convinced. This is what they're going to think. This is what's going to happen. I don't know what to do. And I, what are we Listen, they need Jesus. 
Our children need to be exposed to the message of Christ, be exposed to the message of Jesus. We need to make sure that our kids are learning about Christ, that somehow these are the messages getting through, because I'm telling you, if they hear that message, it will overwhelm the other ones. It will drown it out. Because I'm telling you, the message of Christ is for everyone. Everyone. Every person. Every life. Every situation. Every context. The message of the gospel has stood the test of time for decades, for millennia. Church, you've got to understand that the context of the Bible that sexual immorality was regular. Like, we think it's regular now. It's nothing compared to when the Bible was written. Okay? That the Roman and Greek world was a pagan world where worship and sexuality went hand in hand, prostitution, homosexual, like it was just part of regular life. There was no moral code that said this is an inappropriate act. It was all up for grabs. Church, you've got to understand that the power of the gospel, of this word, if it was able to overcome what the sexuality and the issues of that day, I'm telling you, we have all the power we need. We have all the power we need because you know what? The message did not get drowned out. In fact, the light pierced the darkness. The light of the message of Christ pierced the darkness of pagan sexuality, of anything that the world could offer. And it endured. It endured. It stood the test of time and is continuing to change people's lives for good. Greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. Our message is going to overpower and overcome their message. Our message is going to overpower and overcome their message. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be scared. But we, have to do, we do have to get our message out. We do have to get our message out. We can't be afraid. And we have, to have, we have to understand that the Bible gives us wisdom here. Here's what it says. Verse 5 says, They are from the world, and therefore they speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. What this helps us understand is that they're going to listen to one another. People from the viewpoint of the world, they're gonna, people are going to accept this as truth. Okay? People have accepted it for truth. This, this idea that our identity, our, our, the gender of our identity can be something that's separate and different from the gender of our creation. There's lots of people who believe that to be true. Church, there's lots of Christians. Look, I, I, went, I went on Google and, and, I, and, I, and I typed in some questions and I said, you know, is, is homosexuality a sin? And you're going to find a ton of people who are Christians who will try and convince you that the Bible says that homosexuality is not a sin. But I'm not joking. Look, I'm not joking. It's out there. Okay? You can find it. You can look for it. The world is going to listen. 
If we're looking from the viewpoint of the world, anybody who's looking from the viewpoint of the world, anyone who doesn't have Christ in life, they're going to listen. They're going to, they don't know. And here's my message to you is you've got to realize is that it's, they just don't, they don't know the truth. And so we, we shouldn't be shocked. But we can't let that discourage us. There are some people that will try and convince you that there is scientific evidence that people are born with some homosexual gene. It's inconclusive. I've been, listen, church, I've been spending all week looking into it. Because I feel as my role as a pastor is to know and to understand these issues. Not so that you don't know. You need to figure it out too. But I feel like I need to be informed. All of the studies that have been done to try and prove this truth that homosexuality is something that you're born with. It's inconclusive. It's inconclusive. They, once, they did a test. They, found, they thought they had found a gene that was common in homosexuality and that it contributed to people being homosexuals. They have never been able to repeat this experiment. And it was done 15 years ago. You don't think in the last 15 years they've been trying to prove this? You don't think people in our society have been trying to prove this, that this is real? No new studies. They couldn't repeat the experiment. I know, I know this is just int intricate information. What I want you to know is that I have looked. I have searched. I have been doing this all week long because I'm mad because I'm frustrated and I want to find truth and I want to find what is really going on here. And I'm telling you, there's not really a scientific leg for that truth to stand on. I say that because the world is going to accept what they've been told. They're just, they're just going to think that it's true because that's what people say. That it's true. Well, it's scientific. Well, this person said that it's true. Well, it must be true. That is not how it works. We get our reports from the Lord. We get our reports, our reports from the Bible. So I don't want you to be discouraged. But I want you to be whole. Listen, it doesn't matter who the eloquent speaker is. It doesn't matter how well they present all, all of those issues. We need to realize that our truth comes from God and that it, it overcomes, it's the most powerful force in the universe. We have, we have to stand on it. We have to believe it. It doesn't matter who tries to convince us of something different. The gospel has stood the test of time. The truth of Christ has endured. And we have to realize who we're fighting. We have to realize who we're fighting. We can't be afraid. It's not against flesh and blood. And we have to take care of our children. Because you know and I know that there are things that you believe because you learned them as a child. I have a hard time wearing blue jeans in church. When I was young, I was told 
you don't wear jeans to church. No condemnation, just relax, everybody. Okay, I see a lot of blue denim as I'm speaking. Like, just calm down, okay? Just calm down, everybody. Does this mean that I can't serve God or God's not going to be pleased with me because I'm wearing blue jeans? Of course not. But when I was a child, this is what I was told. This is what I was told. And there's still something inside of me that's uncomfortable with it. Does it make sense? No, it doesn't. Why do you think that? I don't know, but I just... That's what I learned when I was a kid. You see how powerful it is? You see how powerful these images are, these truths are, that even though they may not be true, how they settle in to not just what we think, but what we believe and what we feel? That it can be so distracting to us? It's real. And the spirit of Satan is trying to convince our children that something is just not true. And we need to stand up against it. We need to realize who we're fighting and say no. We need to say no. This is not true. This is not real. We cannot let the majority, we cannot let the people around us trying to convince us of something that's not true. I've told this story before, and I'm going to tell you one more time, and then I'm not going to tell it again for another two and a half years. I was a youth pastor, I was in Goddard, and I was doing, playing baseball with junior highs. We were playing baseball together. Playing baseball, somebody hits the ball, and it's a good hit, it's a double. They round first base, they go to second base. A kid catches the ball, steps on second base, and says, out. And I'm like, no, he's not out. He's safe. You have to tag him. No, he's out. I'm like, no, he's not. That if he stretches a, a single into the double, you've got to tag him because it's not a forced play. He can go back to first if he wants to. You have to tag him. No, no. I just have to touch the bag and he's out. And now the junior highs have mounted up against me. Because each of them, they're all in the same class and they're just like, no, no, no. You just have to tag the base and he's out. I'm like, I started, listen, I started to backtrack. I started to think to myself, what if I'm wrong? Twelve-year-olds are trying to convince me of something, and because there's a lot of them, I start thinking to myself, maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe it is a force play. Maybe I don't know baseball. And then I just like, I'm like, no, that's not true. <laughs> it's amazing. When so many voices are trying to convince us that something's not true, that we can begin to question what we really believe. It's amazing how the influence of even the most uninformed group of people can have, such as junior highs. I was, I, I was sure that I knew the rules, but for a moment, I thought to myself, maybe I'm wrong. 
the spirit of Satan is trying to get you to question your faith. Question the word of God. Look at all these people saying the same thing. Maybe you're wrong about this. That's what Satan's trying to do. But the truth is, is that they're wrong. Is that they don't know any better. They don't know how to play baseball. They don't know how the world works. Listen, they don't know how, what God intended for sexuality. They don't know. Jesus knows. God knows the best way. He absolutely does. And so we need to realize and make sure that our kids are hearing the right message. The first thing that we need to do, church, the first thing how this plays out practically is for goodness sakes, we need to talk to our kids. We need to, we need to step outside of our own comfort zones and start talking to our kids about sexuality. I'm not here to dictate when you talk to your kids, but I'm telling you, the schools are talking to our kids when they're eight. When they're eight. In grade three. So we need to talk to our children. We need to talk to them. We, we read it this morning. We did the baby dedication. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Say these to your kids wherever you go, when you're walking, when you're sitting, when you're standing, wherever you go. These are the truths of God's word we need to share with them and realize and say, look, if I don't talk to my kids about sexuality and what's appropriate and what God's plan is, somebody else is going to talk to them. God's plan for the revelation of truth is supposed to go from father to son, from mother to daughter, from parent to child. That is the primary source of rev revelation. You cannot expect the church to compensate for you. You cannot expect the education system to compensate for you as parents. You have to have the conversations. It's not an easy one. It's not fun. Dad, I don't really talk. I'm like talking about this. This is weird. Why are we talking about this? I don't like talking about this. This is weird, Dad. I don't. Oh. The junior highs are downstairs today. <laughs> but listen, you, we need to press through. We need to once realize, okay, this is where this is where information becomes reality to children, okay? This is when they start believing things that they're going to believe for the rest of their life. Don't wait for your children to be hormonal time bombs before you start talking to them about sexuality. We need to share this truth so that when, it, when we get to that stage in their life, it's already ingrained into their moral compass. That when, they, when, it, when it gets to that moment where they have to address it, there's something that's going to trigger in their heart. There's something that's going to trigger in their spirit that says, no. There's something wrong about this. There's something that's ungodly about this. This is not what the Bible teaches. I 
Our weekly devotion this week was in Proverbs chapter 6. And if you've ever been to Proverbs chapter 6, it talks all about the immoral woman. It wasn't just one little excerpt of Proverbs. It was the whole chapter. So here I am as a father talking to my kids, doing devotions about the immoral woman. I don't like talking about this. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> you read through chapter 6 and you'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about. There's some pretty vivid language in Proverbs chapter 6. We have to have a conscience. We do. For the good of our kids, for the good of our society. For the good of our children. So that they understand that truth can be their guide. There's a, there's a video Bible study that's available um, through rightnowmedia.org. We, uh, we have a resource that our church invests into every month. That you can be signed, that every person who has an email address can be, can access this information. And it's a series of video Bible studies that we can all access that can help us to do some of these things. So uh, this is Right Now Media. If you, don't, if you don't get these emails, if you're not signed with Right Now Media, there's a list at the back. There's a clipboard at the back that we, if I can get your email, I will enter your email and you can have full access to this site. And what it is, is it's video Bible studies, video training sessions, and leadership training sessions. There's programming for your children. All because you're connected with Bradford Community Church. We were going to get pens, but we thought this was better. <laughs> so, this is the name of the this is the name of the thing. It's a, it's a, it's under parenting. So, if you go to uh, the Bible study library, there's a whole section under parenting, and under parenting, there's something called "Be Prepared: Equipping Kids to Face the Today's World," and it's it's session number two, the facts of life. Uh, the facts of life and other fears, and what you can do, it's a half an hour. And it helps you say, okay, when, when, when can I talk to my kids about this? What are some of the issues behind it? It's not going to give you every answer in the, in the book. It's not the Bible. It's just a helpful tool that you can access so that you can learn to help talk to your children about, about this. So you can look at it and say, okay, here's, here's an idea. Let's talk about maybe we should do this or what time should we talk about that? This is, here's some resources for you. Okay, we need to talk to our children. The resources are there, the equipment is there, the truth is there, we need to convey. The second thing is that we need to learn about what is truth. Church, you cannot go to the internet to find truth. You will not find truth in clarity on the internet. There were some people, Christians, who posted things on Facebook about this sex ed curriculum that were not true. They were false. Many of them riddled with slanderous remarks. You cannot go to Facebook to find truth. 
If you want to know what's in the sex ed curriculum, read the sex ed curriculum. Well, that's a lot of reading. So suck it up, buttercup. Sorry, I stole your line. So, uh, too bad. Too bad. I'm pretty sure this is a serious thing to think about, right? Pretty sure this is a serious issue that we need to consider what's going into the minds of, of the elementary school kids, right? Read it. You want to know what's actually there? You need to read it. Go and read. Church, before you start attaching your emotions and your moral compass to some sort of truth, you better make sure it's true. You better make, I'm not just talking about this issue, I'm talking about all issues. If you start, if there's some sort of idea that you think someone has the corner on and says, well, this is wrong and you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't participate in this, you better make sure that's true. And the only way that you can make sure, that you, is, make sure that's true is if you do the work, is if you read and you make sure that that's true. You have to read the Bible. You have to read the source information to know what's true and what's not. Yes, it's work, but that's what we got to do. Because you know what? The other side's working hard. The other side's working hard. Satan is working hard to convince us of something that isn't true. What's going on, Ivan? This is ringy again. The other side's working hard. Okay? So we need to work hard. They're trying to convince our children of something. They, they've done a heck of a lot of work in order to get this information into, into our schools. And this hasn't been a, this hasn't been a six-month project, church. No way. It's been a 30-year project. Years and decades of investment trying to convince that this is what our children need to know. And now they've succeeded. Church, we need to do work. It's going to be hard. We're going to have to read. We're going to have to understand. But in order for us to, to really know the truth and combat the wrong messages that are coming is for us to do the hard work that it takes to, to really know what's true. Amen? As I close, the world will bring trouble he has overcome the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The message of the gospel is going to absolutely destroy any other message that comes up against it. Oh, I had another scripture verse for you. Rats. But it says that we can take captive every thought, make it obedient to Christ, that we can abolish the arguments of Satan because we have the truth because we have the truth church we have the truth on our side we have the creator of the universe on our side and I promise you and he promises you that we can overcome that we can overcome that light will always dispel the darkness amen amen So, here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to pray for our kids. They've been waiting patiently out here. So I'm going to bring them all up to the front. Come on up. 
Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Stay right here, stay right here. Come on, come on. I'm not going to make you dance, I promise. What a blessing. Come on. All right, listen. Listen. We need to pray for our kids. Okay? So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have everybody stand. We need to surround our kids. We're not going to tickle you. We're going to pray for you. Come on, come on. Come on, we need to be we need to be emphatic. Our hearts need to be in this. So whatever you need to do to work up the emotion to get excited about this, we need to do that because this is one of the most important things that we can do as a church and as families and as Christians. So however you are effective praying, if you've, got, if you've got a prayer language that you can speak out, we need to begin to pray right now that the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ would infiltrate these kids' lives and that they would be a beacon of light, a beacon of truth that dispels the darkness wherever they go, that they would have the courage in those moments when, when their teachers say, this is the way it is, to say, no, no, that is not what I've been told. That is not what I've been told about God. That is not who I've been told about yourself, myself, and I don't believe you. They're going to have to have the strength to do that. They are. They're going to have to have the strength to stand. And in Jesus' name, they will. Come on, in Jesus' name, they will. In Jesus' name, they will. Because they're not alone. Because we have an amazing family of believers who are behind them. Would you begin to pray? Come on, let, let's call out to God on their behalf. Let's call out to God on their behalf. Sorry, buddy. Call out to God on their behalf. Come on, just begin to pray. God's protection, God's wisdom, God's knowledge over their life. Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Come on. Come on, let's call out to God. This is a moment. This is a moment that we need to be in one accord. We need to be in one accord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, let's invest some more. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, this is the future of our lives, the future of our faith is our children. So, Father, we lift up our children to you today. 
God, we lift them up to you, Lord God. They are our prized possession, Lord God. They are, are so close to our heart, Lord Jesus, and we love them so much. And so, God, I pray right now that you would protect them right now. God, you would protect them from the messages, Lord God, that are trying to get into their hearts, that you would protect them right now, Lord Jesus, that they would not accept, Lord God, those false truths trying to get in. God, but they would realize that they would reference, that they would remember what their, their parents had taught them. They would remember what their church has taught them. They would remember what the Bible has said and about what is right and what is wrong, what is appropriate and what is not, who they are. And who has made them? And who loves them most? And so, God, I just pray that they would be protected. And, God, in the same breath, God, I pray that they would be a beacon of light. God, I pray that the Spirit of God would fill them in Jesus' name. That they would be able to stand on the evil day, Lord God, having done all to stand. Realizing, Lord God, that in those moments, Lord God, that you would fill them with your Spirit. They would raise their hand and say, I believe in Jesus. Now I believe he is the one who has made me and who I am and who I want to be. So Father, we stand by our children. We stand together. And we believe your word. We believe that you have made us in your image and called us to live the life that you've made us. So strengthen us. God, help us to talk to our kids. Help us to do the work that it takes in order to raise them up in the way that they should go. And may you be glorified. God, we thank you that our God is greater, that our God is stronger. Our God is more powerful, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, each of our kids, we need to give them all high fives and say, we're with you. Come on. All right, kids, we're with you. Come on, come on. High fives. Yeah, 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 yeah. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All right. Listen, folks, would you just give a high five to these kids before they go? You're dismissed. God bless you. Be overcomers. All right, come on, guys.